Welcome to The Swolistic Show. I'm your host, Jesse Lockhart, a realtor turned holistic health coach and personal trainer. I'm obsessed with empowering you to make yourself a priority so you can transform your health, your body, and your life through holistic-based practices. Get ready for inspirational stories and actionable advice to start living your own swolistic life. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey, hey, you guys, welcome back to The Swolistic Show. We are bringing you another fantastic episode. And before we get into the subject matter, I just want to share a confession that before I record every single episode, I listen to my own podcast intro, like what you just listened to, basically to like obviously put me in the vibe of podcasting, but also like that is a really sick mix. Can we just agree? My podcast manager, Sarah, found it and I approved it and it's just, I mean, what a great way, right? High energy. We're all about it. So anyway, we're just rocking out here in my closet, but like I promised you guys in our last episode, we are going to continue this conversation about cycle syncing. So just to quickly recap what we talked about in last week's episode, we talked about the difference between the male and female hormonal cycles. And caveat, if you have not already listened to that episode, I highly recommend you go listen to that one first and then come back to this one just because we go over so much information in the first one that's going to be really pertinent to this episode. So go ahead and pause right here and go listen to that first one and then come back to this one. I'll be waiting for you, okay? Okay, so like I was saying, in the last episode we talked about the difference between the male and female hormonal cycles. Then we dived into the female cycle hormone superstars and who they are, what their jobs are. Then we dove into the four phases of the female hormonal cycle, what's important, what goes on, and I outlined to you guys why, in my mind, it makes sense that your menstrual phase is at the end of your cycle versus the beginning just because of simply what happens in the body during your four phases. So just to recap what those four phases are, we first have the follicular phase, which usually lasts anywhere from seven to 10 days. This is a very like new beginnings type of phase. Your body kickstarts, starts maturing eggs, renewing the uterine lining. Then moving into the ovulatory phase, this is when a mature egg is released from your ovary, travels down into your uterus for potential fertilization and implantation. Your ovulatory phase is the only phase you can get pregnant in. We talked about that extensively in the last episode. Then we move into the luteal phase, which is the longest of them all, clocking in at about 10 to 14 days. You kind of have a first half and a second half of your luteal phase, and then we wrap up the cycle with the menstrual phase or the bleeding phase. This is the one that's easiest to track because it is a physical manifestation of what's going on because you are bleeding right out of your vagina. So those are the four phases of your cycle. Now, in today's episode, I'm going to dive into why strength training and muscle building matters and kind of how we achieve that, right? 
And then I'm going to bring it all together for you at the end and talk about how you can sync your workouts to your menstrual cycle, to your monthly cycle. So let's first talk about why muscle building matters. And I'm going to first start off with a quote from Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, who you should all go follow on Instagram. She also has a podcast, I believe. But a quote that I love from her, she says that muscle is the most underappreciated organ in the entirety of medicine. And I wholeheartedly agree with her. Just to give you kind of a snippet of like Dr. Gabrielle Lyon and what she's about, she does not believe that we as a society have a overfat problem. She believes that we have an under-muscled problem. So I highly recommend if you're unfamiliar with her, go follow her on Instagram. She has been on multiple different podcasts. The one that I heard her on first, where I was first introduced to her, was the School of Greatness podcast with Lewis Howes. Go check that one out. It's such an incredible episode. Or just go follow her content. You'll get an idea of kind of what she's about. So here is why muscle is so important and why it tends to be underappreciated. First things first is that muscle is actually the metabolic sink of the body. It determines almost everything about your body composition and overall health, how you regulate your blood sugar, your ability to manage fats, and your fuel during times of illness. Muscles also serve as our amino acid reservoir. I I feel like we've, you know, if you've been in the fitness community for any amount of time, you've probably heard amino acids. You've probably been sold branch chain amino acids and some type of drink or electrolyte or whatever, Um, but amino acids. Muscles are the amino acid reservoir in the body. So during times of stress, your body can draw on your muscles to protect other vital organs like your liver, kidney, or your brain. So muscles play a big role in that. And then, so the more active your muscles are, the more likely that you'll have a lower blood pressure, better cholesterol, and better blood sugar. And then kind of just looking at the aesthetic of it all, muscle can help you manage your body composition and your body weight, right? So if you have more muscle than body fat, then you tend to look more toned, more lean versus the opposite, right? So now why do we bring like strength training into this? Why should we lift weights? Well, when you participate in resistance training or strength training, weightlifting, all the same thing, You're stressing those muscles and stimulating the process of breaking down that old and weak muscle tissue and replacing it and rebuilding with new and stronger muscles. Now, stronger muscles typically leads to better overall health for all the reasons that we just talked about. Metabolic sink, amino acid reservoir, body composition, etc. Now, muscle tissue will ultimately burn more calories through the breaking down and rebuilding process. So you're going to end up reaping more rewards with resistance training than with cardio training alone. This is something that I tell my clients when we first start working together is don't be surprised if I do not have you do any type of cardio training because resistance training is going to A, burn more calories after you stop weightlifting than cardio training does. 
and because strength training is just important in the overall realm of wellness, uh, overall realm of wellness. <laughs> Try saying that five times fast. So yeah, muscle tissue is going to burn more calories because it is breaking down and rebuilding itself. So after you stop weightlifting, you're going to have more benefit versus as soon as you step off of a treadmill, the benefit is over. So then strength training also affects the brain by elevating your mood and boosting your self-esteem. We've all heard about the endorphins and how working out just puts you in a better mood, better energy, all of that kind of thing. It's all true. All true. (laughs) And then the last thing I want to point out is that weightlifting is the best way to sculpt and shape your body composition. I will preach this until the day I die. I will die on this hill, but you will never ever be able to cardio your way to muscle definition. So it is time to pick up the weights. You want a bigger butt? Pick up the weights. You want bigger arms? Pick up the weights. You want to shed more body fat? Pick up the weights. Okay. Now I'm not here to shit on cardio training. Our cardiovascular system is very important for overall health and wellness, right? No one wants to walk up a flight of stairs and feel like they're out of breath. So cardio training is important, but it is not the important thing, if that makes sense. I'm not against cardio training. I personally enjoy doing, I mean, enjoy in in quotes. Okay, you can't see me, but I'm in quotes here. I enjoy cardio training for the fact that it's nice to be able to go on a hike and not be out of breath, to be able to walk a lot during a day, like if I'm traveling or something like that, and again, not be out of breath. So cardio training is nice for that. But if you're trying to use cardio training to like tone your muscles, to lose weight, to build a butt, like you're doing it wrong. Okay. I'm just going to tell you, you're doing it wrong. We need to pick up those weights. So With all of this being said, I think that it is very important to maintain a consistent strength training program to support your muscle health and then just simply adjust your exertion through as you move through the four different phases of your cycle. So when it comes to cycle syncing, you might hear a lot of people either on TikTok, Instagram, social media. Alyssa Vitti does talk about this in her book, In the Flow about how like maybe during certain phases of your cycle, it's important to to strength train. And then other times, like she doesn't recommend strength training. You'll see some people be like walking and stretching or Pilates or cycling or spin class or, and then do strength training during these specific phases. And again, whatever works for you, do that, okay? I'm not at all here on this episode telling you that one way is better than the other. I personally love having muscles. I love feeling strong as fuck. I love being able to flex in the mirror and see my muscles. And I love being able to fill out my clothes differently because I have strong and built muscles, okay? If that's not your jam, that's not your jam. And that's okay. But the way I see it, Because muscle is so important for overall health and wellness, blood sugar balance, cholesterol, energy, all of that stuff, I think that we need to put more emphasis on strength training and to be more consistent about it. I don't think that we should only be doing it during certain phases of our cycle. I think we should be doing it 
all the time. So that's what we're going to talk about. We are now going to roll into how you can actually sync your workouts to your cycle. And before we kind of do that, here are some items that I want to note with you. So during different phases of your cycle, you're going to have different energy levels. As women, uh, during our 28-day cycle, our hormones are constantly fluctuating up and down as we move through that 28-day cycle, as we have previously discussed. So it's important to maintain that consistent weightlifting program. So what I like to do is I like to classify exertion through what I call and, and what we call in the fitness community RPE. So RPE is the rate of perceived exertion. That's what that means. AKA how hard your workout is, how much energy you're exerting, how heavy you're lifting. That's basically what that means. And it's measured on a scale of one to 10. One being super easy and 10 being extremely difficult. So how I apply this to my clients and to my own personal uh, strength programming is during different phases of my cycle, I'm aiming for different RPE levels, rate of perceived exertion levels. So you can adjust those levels as you weave in and out of each phase of your cycle. At the end of the day, this supersedes everything I'm about to tell you, okay? At the end of the day, listen to your body and do what feels good to you. There have absolutely been days where, you know, in theory, I shouldn't have the energy to work out, but I have. And so I've gone and I've done a lifting workout while on my period. Or there have been times where maybe I'm in my ovulation phase and we'll dive into these phases a little bit more in a minute. But Maybe, you know, I'm in my ovulatory phase and I'm supposed to have more energy, but I'm not, you know, so I've listened to my body and maybe just taken it a little bit easy. At the end of the day, despite what I'm about to share with you, please always listen to your body and do what feels good to you. You are the queen of your body. I cannot tell you what to do. I cannot look at you and say, oh, you have energy today. Nope, not my job, not my place. I don't do it with my clients. So you are the ultimate decision maker here, okay? And then, yeah, so as we dive into, let's kind of look at what like the follicular phase. So again, going back to the follicular phase, again, if you remember, the duration here is about seven to 10 days. This is immediately after your period. Your energy levels will typically begin to rise again. So you're coming out of your period. You're starting to have a little bit more energy. As you continue on through this follicular phase, your body will react more efficiently to harder workouts in order to boost your metabolism, shed some weight, and then build lean muscle. So for example, let's just say I had someone on a four-day four workout program per week. So they're, work, they're strength training four times out of the seven days. So maybe as they're kind of coming out of their period, their energy levels are starting to rise, maybe I'm having them aim for an RPE, rate of perceived exertion, remember, of like six to seven. So it's not like super easy, but it's not super difficult. So I might have them kind of wean into it with an RPE of six to seven. And then as we progress through this phase, your body is, you know, gaining more energy, reacting more efficiently. So I might bump up that RPE to like a seven and eight. 
Okay, so we start at a six to seven. By the end of that phase, we're on a seven to eight. And then maybe on the off days, we're doing things like maybe like a dance class or we're doing hiking, you know, which kind of tend to be more strenuous type of activities. So moving into the ovulatory phase, during this phase, your estrogen and testosterone are at their peaks, which in theory is giving you plenty of energy to burn. So this phase I classify as really the best time to be pushing hard during your workouts. I tell my clients, as well as with my own strength program, this is the best time to aim for PRs, to really push the weight, really go heavy during your ovulatory phase. Again, if you're feeling it, if you're not, that's cool too. So as we kind of roll in and out of the ovulatory phase, I might suggest that my clients kind of aim for that 7, 8, 9 RPE level. You could maybe even bump it up to a 10. If you're like, you know what, I have the energy and I'm ready to do this, go for it. Turn that bad boy up to 10 and you just crush that workout, okay? So yeah, during your ovulation phase, it's not very long. You might get, you know, one to two workouts in during your ovulatory phase because it's so short. But those are the best times to push and aim for those PRs. If you're not strength training and you still want something to do, this would be a good time to do like a spin class or like a really strenuous like class or maybe like power yoga too, something that's just a little bit more intense. Then moving out of ovulatory into the luteal phase, Again, we kind of split this one up. So we have the first half of this phase and the second half. So during the first half, your estrogen and testosterone levels are still elevated while progesterone now enters the picture, if you remember from the last episode. So in theory, you're still having a solid dose of energy. And so you can really use this energy to maximize your strength training. So during this first half, maybe again, I would recommend keep it up. Stay at this RPE 8 to 9 level for those workouts. Again, if you're not feeling it, bump it down. Totally up to you. But during the first half of your phase, you know, you are still going to have some good energy to burn during those lifting workouts. Then as we move into the second half of the luteal phase, those three hormones, your estrogen, testosterone, and progesterone are going to begin to decline. So it might be appropriate to turn your focus away from those massive muscle gains, from your PRs, from those high energy lifting sessions, and kind of turn back to more like where we were in the follicular phase. So I might suggest for a client to do aim for an RPE of like six to seven again, just preparing the body for the menstrual phase. Also, if you're not strength training, you can do exercises like just like simple yoga or like a Pilates or bar class that's a little bit more low impact, low intensity. And then lastly, as we move into the menstrual phase, again, the duration here is three to seven days. While you're bleeding, your energy and hormone levels will be at their lowest. So you can use this phase to focus on restorative exercise and very low weight strength training. This is also, just sidebar, a good time to focus on good quality sleep, even napping. Like napping is a sport (laughs) during your menstrual phase, okay? So the menstrual phase is really the time where you get to be the boss of what you want to do. So for example, for me, I have done plenty of like low impact, 
low-intensity weightlifting workouts on, like, the first day of my menstrual phase. For me, typically, the first day of my menstrual phase, I'm not bleeding really heavily at all. It's just kind of like, oh, it's coming, and I maybe still have some energy, and so I still want to go get my workout in because I know the next few days I'm going to have less energy, so I want to get that workout in. So for me, I might go to the gym and focus on just like literally in the fitness community, we call it deloading weeks, which is where you're doing the same exercises, going through the same program, but instead of choosing weights that are challenging, you're choosing weights that are basically getting you through the motions. You know, it could be super low weight or it could just simply be body weight. Now, you might still break a little bit of a sweat during this workout, and if so, that's fine, but we're not focusing on pushing super, super heavy and pushing our body past the limit or whatever. So again, during the menstrual phase at the beginning, you might kind of aim for that like four to five RPE. And then over the course of the days that you're bleeding, there have been plenty of days where I have been bleeding. I have not felt like going to the gym at all. My energy is super low and maybe I'm dealing with symptoms like period cramps, period poops, things like that. And I just don't feel like going to the gym. So on those days, you can do like some yoga, some stretching, foam rolling. Walking is still a really great activity to do to just get some movement in period. And there are plenty of like YouTube videos that you can Google, you know, yoga for period cramps. I have done it, (laughs) you know, but turning your focus on kind of that restorative exercise and then just understanding what's going on in your body during this time you know, it's like, okay, I need to give myself some rest because my body is doing all of this work to flush out my uterine lining to start the cycle all over again. So this phase really is like a play it by ear type of thing. I have had plenty of clients who have not gone to the gym or not done their weight training workouts on days where they're on their period, but have instead prioritized walking. Like they'll go for a walk or they'll do some yoga or something like that. And honestly, I consider that a massive, massive win because you're still prioritizing your health by moving your body and supporting your body and what you're doing by creating movement. And you're not just like, well, I'm on my period, so I'm just not going to do anything. Again, there are, you know, I'm sure there are days where, you know, we've all been on our period and I'm, we're just like, I'm not fucking doing nothing today. And again, that's fine. You are the steward of your own body. You get to decide the energy level that you want to exert on those certain days. But I'm saying me as a coach, I would never be upset with my clients if they chose to go on a walk while on their period versus going to the gym. That's their prerogative. And I'm proud of them for still prioritizing movement. So on your period, kind of you can swap between either resting, stretching, walking, or going to the gym and having those strength training workouts, but maybe aiming for like a four to five RPE instead. So those are the four phases. Now I want to leave you with some additional tips to kind of help you get in sync with your cycle. We talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but I highly, highly, highly recommend everybody go read the book In the Flow by Alyssa Vitti. This is an incredibly insightful resource to cycle syncing. And again, a lot of information from these past two episodes have been pulled from that book. But in addition to that, 
I, in order to get in sync with your cycle, you guys, you have to start tracking it. I don't give two shits about how you choose to, to track your cycle, whether that's with a paper planner, a calendar, digital calendar, or some type of app on your phone. You have to start tracking your cycle. Otherwise, you're just never going to know exactly where you are. And tracking just leads to so much awareness about where you are in your cycle. Like I mentioned in the last episode, my favorite app to track my cycle is called MyFlow, spelled F-L-O, MyFlow, as it is based on cycle syncing. And it shows you the phases and it's really based on this idea behind the four different phases, not just your menstrual cycle and like the day that you ovulate. So first things first, start tracking your cycle. The next thing that I recommend is once you have enough data, which is usually two to three months of cycle tracking, that's, you know, once you've been doing that for two to three months, then those apps have a lot better information to be able to project your cycle and the phase dates. So once you have enough data, I would transfer your projected cycle and phase dates. So like, I'm going to start my menstrual cycle on this day. It ends on this day. I'm going to start the next one on this day and it ends on this day. I would take that projected information and I would put it into your calendar or your planner so that you see it on the daily. If you're like me and you are a Google calendar girly, then you're going to put those dates into your Google calendar. Literally, you guys, I could open up my calendar right now and I could show you exactly when I, where I am in my cycle. And this is really helpful for not only like my strength workouts, but when I'm trying to sync my cycle to my workflow, to my relationship with my husband. And just to be quite frank with you, I'm not on birth control. My husband and I don't want kids at the moment. So I have to be tracking my cycle to make sure that I'm staying on top of when I'm ovulating so that we can prevent pregnancy in that way. So big deal, right? But I could look at my calendar right now and I could tell you exactly where I am in my cycle. For instance, let's actually do that. Let's see. So I'm in my follicular phase. I'm nearing the end of my follicular phase and I'm about to start my ovulatory phase. So it actually probably would be a good idea for me to start trying to track my ovulation with my ovulation sticks. Doing this, you guys, doing this simple act of putting your cycle dates into your calendar or your planner so you see it daily helps create that awareness so that you can be a little bit more in tune with your body. If I were to go to the gym, you know, I already went to the gym this morning, but if I had looked at my calendar and saw, okay, I'm I'm at the end of my follicular phase, entering my ovulation phase, I should have solid energy to be able to push some solid weight during this workout. And being able to do that is so empowering and also lets you off the hook when you're on your period and you're like, I don't feel like doing shit. You can be like, you know what? I know exactly what's going on in my body. I'm going to take control and I'm going to let myself off the hook. I'm not going to feel guilty for not going to the gym today because I know my body needs rest. This is such a huge thing, you guys. So once you have enough of that data, Go ahead and transfer that into a calendar or planner so that you see it daily. There you have it, you guys. Part two of cycle syncing, why it's important, why muscle is important, how we track it, all of this stuff, okay? I hope that you have found these last two episodes to be incredibly insightful. This stuff 
is exactly what I implement with my own clients in their one in my one-on-one coaching options. If you are at all interested in working with me, I have multiple different options. Please come find me on Instagram, shoot me a DM and just say, "Hey, I just listened to that podcast episode. I'm super interested in what you're doing and let's have a conversation and let's find an option that works best for you." Okay? So, Thank you so much for being here. I hope that you learned something. And again, come over on Instagram, shoot me a DM, let me know what you learned. I would love to hear if you found this episode helpful. But I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Always remember to make yourself a priority and I will talk to you guys very soon. Thank you for spending your time with me in today's show. I truly appreciate you so much. To learn more about training with The Soulistic Co., check the show notes to learn more about our available programs or to schedule a call with me to get started. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Lockhart and at Team Swolistic. I hope you have the best day ever and I'll chat with you next week.